welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 15th of January 2022. And the title of this episode is It's a proper leak this time. As if Productions is in the spotlight this month, as voted for by the blog's patrons, and I'm in touch with Todd at As If Productions, and they've agreed to a Q&A. That's great news. I promised to get questions over quickly. And that was a few days ago. Yep, once again, dear listeners, I'm being a bottleneck. And it's gaming night tonight, so yeah, I clearly can't do them today. But perhaps tomorrow. And it is kind of weird sharing my day's plans like that on a podcast. I don't suppose you care that sometimes I game on Saturdays. But it's not a secret. It's not a secret like, say, the contents of Mordecai Presents Monsters of the Multiverse once was. Those leaked this week. And it's a leak that is unlike the very many recent ones we've had. Typically, what happens is that a partner to Wizards of the Coast has something on the public web ahead of the official news. Usually, it's a retailer with a placeholder for the book. Wizards have been wisely giving retailers some marketing information to put in that space instead. And that's a great way to manage geeks, as we're really good at spotting things once they go online. The Monsters of the Multiverse leak is much more severe than that, and it should worry Wizards of the Coast greatly. Someone with impressive access to Mordenkind Presents effectively walked the YouTuber Nerd Immersion through the book. There are generous and detailed photographs from the virtual tour. This wasn't an unwelcome aspect of the e-commerce process. This leak is a betrayal of trust by someone close to the heart of Wizards of the Coast. Someone who might do it again. And if not caught, are likely to. Furthermore, it sets up a process. If... As I suspect, Nerd Immersion protects their source, then he's established as a safe place to, to leak to. And it's easy to get in touch with them as well. Now, we've seen this happen in hardware, especially around smartphones. Once the go-to people are established, people go to them. I'm not saying Nerd Immersion was wrong to run the story. I'd be a hypocrite if I said that. And I like the buzz. I like the news. There's even a tiny chance that Wizards of the Coast is behind all of this. I don't know why the leaker decided to leak the information. I don't know their decision. And maybe they can defend it. But I do know that Wizards should be worried. Because someone close to the project, someone with access to secrets, can't keep them. Or maybe you think I'm weighing this more seriously than I should. You can just pop into the Discord, which is still in soft launch, and talk to me about it. A recent tweak on the Discord is the addition of the curated inspiration channel to find and share cool discoveries. The idea is this, that some of these finds might inspire game ideas. And so we've had uh, glowing tentacles in nature, concept smartphones, and the growing scientific theory that the random mutation that kickstarts the evolutionary process might not be so random after all. All that content, I hope, is worthy of discussion. A site that's been having a problem with discussions is Tabletop Simulator. At your own tabletop, you might chat with friends 
will find a consensus about what sort of topics are okay for discussion. My main gaming group talks about everything, especially politics. I'm also part of gaming clubs where we avoid that, as there's much more disagreement and we need to work harder to stay focused on the games at hand. But Tabletop Simulator has a global chat feature, making it very hard to find consensus. The debate this week was about moderators banning people when they mentioned that they were gay or transsexual. These moderators argued that the actions were part either of an automated script, as such keywords were usually only used as insults in the global chat, or that the global chat was no place for such discussion topics. But Tabletop Simulator has disabled global chat to investigate because, at the very least, mentioning that you were cishet did not get you banned. And so something was clearly wrong there. However, there is a thing about visibility. Why should people have to hide who they are? Some cultures have successfully gotten to the point where it's okay for, for example, for a woman to have their ankles seen in public. And I'm from one here in Scotland, and it's mind-blowing to imagine that at one point it would have been outlandish for a woman's ankle to have been seen in public. It's weird to believe that society thought that men couldn't restrain themselves if they saw such a delicate part of a body. I mean, women shouldn't have to hide their body or who they are. They can do whatever they like, as long as nobody else gets hurt, right? And so surely the same applies to all forms of identity. If part of your identity is that you fancy women, then why do you have to hide it? No one else is being hurt by that preference or by you making it public. Well, I'm sure some people will disagree, and some of the moderators at Tabletop Simulator seem to be holding firm. So I'm sure we'll see this debate raise its head again in 2022. In fact, we might even see it in the anime community, and frankly, this is a community that's fairly mixed up too, sometimes with contradictory opinions around what's acceptable and what's not. Crunchyroll's editor-in-chief conducted a survey census of all the simulcasts from 2021 and found that most of the shows were, you know, set in Japan and had fantasy elements and that the hero was a guy two-thirds of the time. However, 3% of the time, the hero was non-binary. I was expecting that to be lower, to be honest, and I'm not expecting the count to move that quickly. But while 3% was more than I feared, it might not be high enough, as the same survey shows that 2% of the characters were slime monsters and 2% robots. So at least a slime or a robot identified as either male or female. And if this podcast is getting too politically correct and not geeky enough for you, let's correct that. Games Workshop released a financial statement this week, which oddly said that they were not interested in being politically correct. I think, though, that they meant that they didn't want to do virtual signal. Uh, Games Workshops indicates that they want to do what they believe is right and get on with it and make great games. The company does want to do its bit to save the world in the climate crisis, hire and keep the right people, and so they have appointed a new head of social responsibility and sustainability. And perhaps some changes are needed. Brexit cost the model maker £2 million in the last six months alone because you know, trade is now so much more complex from the UK. 
Games Workshop also reports that their e-commerce is down 10%. And they point out that customers can buy and do buy minis from non-Games Workshop-owned sites. I don't get to talk to Games Workshop's board, but if I did, despite the extra margin they will make on first-party sales, I would still urge them to consider that a successful trade business is not a bad thing. I do sometimes worry what Games Workshop will or will not allow. They don't have a great history in supporting fan projects. However, for now, there's one called The Old World, and that's a fan-made project which I'm, I'm reassured by the team running it follows all of Games Workshop's rules for fan projects. The Old World is now over 100 pages long, full of original art, and it converts Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay to Edge Studios' Genesis RPG system. That's a big beast of a fan project, and since they follow the rules, you do need to know a little bit about the Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay world to use the download. But if that's you, I think it's worth checking out. Another, from the file labelled Worth Checking Out, is a powerful video from the British Heart Foundation. On one level, this video is just about raising the charity's profile. On another, it's powerful and it's an emotional hit. It's about the near future and projects like 3D printing of hearts and how we can turn what was once sci-fi into reality. It's a good video for geeks. If you work in science, thank you. If you're an early adopter or supporter of tech, then you're helping out. And on the topic of helping out, let's have a look at some charity bundles. On itch, there's solo, but not alone too. And in that, you'll find 100 plus solo RPGs for only a couple of bucks. And money goes to support Jasper's Game Day. Many listeners will have heard of Jasper's Game Day and that's a sign that they are doing good. They are a suicide prevention group. And that's the theme we see in Solo, but not alone. You talk to them. In the bundle of holding, and from Arc Dream Publishing, there's a collection of the one-roll engine games. Games like Godlike and Wild Talents. I think you get the idea of one-roll. It doesn't take many rolls to sort things out. There's also a collection of third-party Mark Borg content, such as the Vaults of Torment, the Boxer Shadows, and Fisk Borg. At Humble, which is making changes to its subscription model this month, there's 3D printable and some paper dungeon and town terrains from Fat Dragon. Lastly, do you fancy 20 bucks to spend at the DMs Guild? That's a worldwide competition running Geek Native for the next week or so. And on that note... Let's wrap there. Good luck in the competition and see you next week.